Hello, and welcome to For the Love of Nature, a podcast where we tell you everything you need to know about nature, and probably more than you wanted to know. I'm Kim Baker, and it's miniseries time. If this is your first mini-season, welcome. As some of you may know, after each season, Katie and Laura take a month off to recharge, plan, and prep for the next season. They wanted to make sure that you had a little something to listen to in lieu of regular episodes, and that you wouldn't miss them too much. So I'm back with another mini-series. This time, we're talking about the very real origins of mythical creatures. The series was suggested by one of our listeners, and researching for it has taken me on a trip down a memory lane of sorts, back through books I used to love or love to hate, shows and movies I watched, the works. And what I've learned is that there's usually a pretty reasonable, though somewhat fantastical, explanation for why these creatures have captured our minds and our hearts. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a mythical creature that terrified me when I was a kid. The Hydra. Let's jump into it. I saw Disney's Hercules in theaters when I was seven years old. I don't remember too much about my first viewing, but don't worry, I've had a few decades since to memorize the songs and the major plot points. The one thing I remember vividly, though, is Hercules' battle with the Hydra. If you didn't grow up on 90s Disney movies, first of all, my apologies. You miss living through a golden era of entertainment. Go back, rewatch, enjoy yourself. Second of all, here's the general scene. Hercules is trying to prove himself a hero to take his rightful place with the gods at Mount Olympus. Hades, god of the underworld, most definitely doesn't want that. He wants Hercules out of the picture so he can overthrow Zeus and be the HDIC, head deity in charge. So he sends out the Hydra to make quick work of Hercules. The Hydra in this movie is terrifying. Disney uses CGI to set it apart from the rest of the hand-drawn characters, and it, rightfully so, looks otherworldly. My little kid brain was not a fan. I'm pretty sure I had nightmares. After a battle that, for me, was a roller coaster of emotions, Hercules eventually defeats the Hydra, more on that later, and continues his journey toward godliness. So what exactly is a Hydra, and why is it so freaky? In Greek mythology, the Hydra of Lerna is a serpent-like water monster. Depictions vary, but typically it stands on two beefy legs, has a tail but no arms, is scaled, and almost has like an armor-looking fin or protrusions running down the back of its necks. Why did I say necks? Well, you see, the Hydra has many, many heads. The starting number of heads varies. In the Disney movie, it started with three. In some mythology sources, it starts with nine. And one of the heads as per usual, is immortal. I say starts with because the Hydra has a super fun feature. If you cut off one of the heads, two more grow in its place. This makes the monster incredibly resilient because, you know, typically decapitating a mythical creature is the end of its story. Not so much here. And if that wasn't enough, classical texts also note that the Hydra, quote, had poisonous breath and blood so virulent that even its scent was deadly, end quote. All of this made it fun or easy to terrorize people and livestock. And that's a great A monster right there. 
Okay, back to the story. According to the mythology, not to be confused with my little T Disney trauma, the Hydra is living its best life terrorizing people, livestock, until Hercules comes around. Apparently, Hercules ropes his nephew into helping destroy the Hydra, and while Herc chops off the heads, he had his nephew cauterize the wounds, ew, so no fresh heads could regrow. Then Hercules chops off the immortal head and buries it under a rock, as you do when you have an immortal head to reckon with. So that's the end of the Hydra. And I know you're thinking what I'm thinking. Which ancient writer decided to try a new hallucinogenic and dream up that monster? Surprisingly, the origins of the Hydra may be a little less trippy than I originally thought. Camp 1. The sea is a scary place. Looking at old texts and maps from across the globe, illusions and illustrations of potential sea monsters are everywhere. They range from your pretty-but-deadly sirens and mermaids to your not-pretty-but-still-deadly leviathans and other sea serpents. And to this day, humans have only explored an estimated 5% of the ocean. So the air of mystery lingers on even in modern society. Camp 2. Polycephaly happens. Polycephaly is the very rare condition of having more than one, and usually two, heads. In humans, we also refer to this as conjoined twins. According to the Mayo Clinic, this happens when an early embryo only partially separates to form two individuals. Although the two fetuses and babies develop from this embryo, they remain physically connected, most often at the chest, abdomen, or pelvis. But polycephaly also has been found in animals too. Most common in turtles, and you may have guessed it, snakes. Though it can be a surprising discovery, oftentimes if the animal is active and responsive when you see them, they are generally doing okay. It's quite possible someone stumbled upon a two-headed snake and from that grew a bigger, multi-headed tail. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the less well-known but actually real freshwater hydra. They are tiny, multi-headed organisms that can be found in tropical and temperate climates. They reproduce asexually, and much like its namesake, they are able to regenerate tissue when those tissues are injured or severed. They also don't appear to age, which is wild, and scientists are very interested in this. It's truly a fascinating creature. So there you have it. From mythological giant beast to real itty-bitty organism— The origin of the Hydra is a fascinating story. We have three more mythical creatures to talk about in the coming weeks, but that's all for this episode. Until next time, bye.